Take charge of your money with myself, Brendan Dale. Conversations on all things personal finance, from budgeting, saving, investing, insurance, financial planning, debt, life goals, and more. Visit takechargeofyourmoney.blog for more content. Welcome to season two, which is all about insurance, with various types of insurance you get, how they work, and why you need it. And on that, a special thanks to my sponsor for making this podcast possible. Not a fan of phone calls? With Naked, you can switch your car insurance in under 90 seconds without having to talk to anyone. Get a final quote online, and if you like the price, which you probably will, you can sign up instantly. Visit naked.insure to find out how Naked is making insurance quicker and easier than ever before. Naked, the new way to cover your stuff. Naked Financial Technology is an authorized FSP, and you can see the link in the podcast notes below. Today we're going to be talking about funeral cover, and I'm quite excited for this chat because it's it's something that's very popular in South Africa, these funeral policies. I personally don't have one, though, and it's always nice to, to get different perspectives or to just to understand more about different products or, or sort of policies. And this whole season has really been all about different types of insurances you can have and the different risks that you can mitigate. So why not talk about funeral policies and understand a bit more? With me, I've got Gugu Sadaki. I'm excited to have you with me because you're a certified financial planner and you're a director at WealthCreed. And yeah, as I say, I'm, I'm keen to hear your thoughts on this and let's sort of chat about it a bit and unpack it. Before we start, though, um, over to you, if you wouldn't mind giving yourself a bit of an introduction and just sharing who you are and sort of what you do. Sure, no pressure. <laughs> Hi, Brendan. Um, my name is Gugu Sidaki and my children are outside making a big noise, so please excuse them. That's no problem. Um, I'm a wealth manager and co-founder at a financial planning practice called Wealth Creed. And we do holistic financial planning. We Essentially what that means is we assist clients with everything that they need in terms of their, their personal finances. Um, I'm also an author. I've written financial literacy books for children and I've co-founded a business called My Three Piggies where we teach children about money and I'm a mom as you can hear (laughs) from the screens outside. (laughs) That's awesome thank you and yeah I think financial literacy for children is such a vital vital need we have here I mean globally too but I think especially in South Africa because it's something we don't really learn at school and there's a whole gap when you become an adult that you actually don't know how to manage your money. So well done on identifying that gap. And yeah, that's really cool. Thank you so much. So funeral policies, these are big mm. business in South Africa. Everyone mm. has one. Well, maybe not everyone. I don't. But so many people have them and so many people even have multiple funeral policies. Mm. So why do you think they're so popular? If we can just start with that. I think a number of reasons. I think one of the major reasons is the fact that they're so easy to sell. You know, um, there is no, generally there is no underwriting with funeral policies. So what that means is you don't have to take any blood tests, uh, which is usually a hindrance um, to selling insurance. Um, so literally anybody can have a funeral policy and they, and they are churned quite a lot, which is why most people have one. Um, and, and secondly, I mean, there, there is a lot of um, emphasis or importance that's placed on final rights from a cultural perspective. Mm. Uh, so we take we take uh, an individual's final rights very seriously, which is why most people would would have a funeral policy in this country. Hmm. And how do funeral policies work? Just sort of in in a nutshell. 
Mm. So essentially what you're doing is, is, is covering yourself in the event of, of your death or a, a loved one's death. And and what happens is that insurance policy pays out after once you've you've submitted all your claims. Um, so you've, you've, you've presented whatever's required from the insurance company, whether it's a death certificate or whatever the case may be. They usually pay out quite quickly. And, and those funds are supposed to be used for the casket, for meals to serve people on the day, tombstones or whatever the, the, the case is. But generally it's 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 to to cater for whatever funds you may need when a person dies. Mm. And I guess also the funeral policies they pay out very quickly. Um, sort of normally within twenty four mm. hours, even so you have the fund yeah. exactly when you need them. Usually between twenty four and forty eight hours. Yeah, unless I don't know if you remember that story in the media where someone took a, a body to I can't actually even remember which insurer, <laughs> but a way to really. I know exactly them. which insurance it was. <laughs> yeah, so maybe they don't always pay exactly immediately, but that's the theory. Um. I, th- I think there are, there are a lot of issues when it comes to, but anyway, we'll get into it. But yeah, there, there are reasons why insurance sometimes don't pay. Yeah. Now, we, we all have different circumstances, and I know this might be a bit of a loaded question, and maybe it's a bit tricky to, to answer, but in general, would you say these policies are worthwhile? And sort of what would your reason be? Look, if you've ever lost a loved one, you'll know just how crucial they can be in your hour of need. So I definitely say yes, they are definitely necessary. Um, it's an important kind of insurance to have. Um, and I, w- I would recommend that, that, that people do take out funeral cover for themselves and for their immediate family members. But obviously within certain limitations or with, within certain um, parameters. Hmm. Okay. And funerals are obviously expensive. I mean, I think a basic funeral could probably be in the region of 15,000, 20,000, but I mean, they could go up to 70,000, 80,000. I think the average, the last time I checked, and this is quite a a while ago, um, the average a, an average basic funeral costs in the region of about 30000 sure. And as I said, this is a number of years ago, mm. so I, I know for a fact that it costs a lot more now. And then we, when you start adding all the bells and whistles, or mm. the fancier the casket is, the, the number of guests that you have there, then obviously that number shoots up quite a bit. Um, so it's, it's as I said, it's quite a decent um, insurance type cover to have particularly for 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 that purpose but um, unfortunately people have been using funeral policies as a replacement or as a substitute for life cover and i think it's important for for people to understand the difference between the two and when you would take out um a, a funeral cover and when you would have um, life insurance and how much you require for either of them for it to make sense financially for you because because there is no underwriting with insurance and um, with, with funeral policy. So in other words you, you don't you don't undergo any tests, any mm. blood tests and things like that. Um, the insurance uh, the, the insurance companies kind of have to cover themselves to a certain extent. So you may mm. find, and, and in, a, in a lot of instances, you may find that funeral policies as a substitute, as most people use as a substitute for life cover, actually cost a little bit more than going through the process of, of um, underwriting and and therefore taking out life cover. So I think I think people have a misconception and mm. there's a lot of lack of knowledge when it comes to when to have to, or take off funeral cover, how much you should take out and how many of those policies you should have. And and when it makes sense for you to actually have um, life cover because there's a place for both. Yeah, so I guess what you're saying is some people are taking out funeral cover sort of as an investment, so kind of as a cash payout for when someone passes. But mm. that that's actually ending yeah. up being 
been more expensive or actually not been a good investment if, if they're actually wanting the cash out as, as a lump sum money. Absolutely. So if you talk to a lot of people who have multiple policies, by the way, the stats, the last time I checked, the average South African has about four policies, sure. right? Uh, well, they take out four policies mm. in their lifetime and, and, and quite a few of them have as many, mm. you know, they, they have as, so you'll find that an individual has 10,000 here, 20,000 there, whatever the case is. But yeah, it's, it's, if, if based on your circumstances, you think that you are securing your, your loved one's future by taking out a number of funeral policies, then that's definitely not the right way to go. As I said, it is required, it, it, it's, it's meant to assist you in your hour of need. So when you need funds urgently to bury a loved one, and that's that. It's not meant to secure your, your loved one's future because there's also a cap. There's a limit to how much life cover you, you can take out. And it's not a hell of a lot of money. Mm. So it's not going to get your loved ones very far if that's your intention. Mm. Mm. And you've also touched on a, another thing is that you sometimes siblings may have um, they may each have a, a policy on, for example, the one of their parents' laughs or maybe their mom's mm. laugh. But if it's at the same pro- provider, then there is very possibly a limit on how much they'll pay out, and it it will be in the fine print and it will be somewhere in their policy document. But most likely, the person selling the policy doesn't actually explain this. Um, yeah. So how do we, you know, what would you recommend to someone? How would you actually go about assessing what you have and how much you really need? Um, it is a fact that there are a lot of unscrupulous um, individuals out there who are mis-selling these products. But also at the end of the day, as a consumer, this is your money. Hmm. Um, and, and you are the one who's going to be affected by this mis-selling process. So the the onus ultimately is on you to, to read the fine print, to ask the questions and to understand exactly what, what the implications of, of multiple policies on an individual are. Um, as you quite rightly said, if, for example, and this is quite common, siblings may take out cover on, on a parent. And if it so happens to be with the same um, underwriter, um, generally speaking, that underwriter would have a, a, a cap on, on the kind of payout that they that they would pay out to the individual policyholders. For example, the, the maximum life cover that any, any insurer will, will pay out on an individual is 100,000. It's capped at 100,000. So if there's, for example, four siblings, each with 50,000 rands worth of life cover on a parent, it's, it's never going to be paid out in full to each um, sibling. Uh, some insurers work differently, and again, it's in their fine print. Some would pay out to the first claimant. So, for example, depending on who's first in, 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 in the line to claim for that funeral policy, they may get their full payout. And then the subsequent claimants may get a portion or, or nothing at all. But um, generally speaking, you would, uh, the people who don't get their funds back in terms of a, the, the funeral policy payout would then get their, their premiums back. Oh. The premiums that they've contributed okay. towards this policy back here. So, so it's not like you're, you're losing your money, but it, it defeats the whole purpose of, of, of getting the life policy. If, if all you're going to get is, is your, is your premiums back. So read the fine print, um, and understand exactly what the consequences are of, of insuring, um, an individual via multiple policies. And do you get, um, financial planners who specialize in funeral policies or is it just sort of mm. one of many things people mm. do? So I also think we need to distinguish between financial planners, mm-hmm. <laughs> certified financial planners and the general financial advisor. Yeah. Okay. A financial planner uh, is, is an individual who is certified to use that designation. They've gone through the various exams and tests and usually they are a, a member or an, um, an affiliate of the Financial Planning Institute. Those individuals have a fiduciary responsibility 
responsibility to do right by their by their clients and if they don't they could lose their designation and a number of other things the general financial advisor may not necessarily adhere to those kind of um, ethics and there are quite a lot of um, even even certified planners i suppose there are a lot of uh, people who don't follow the rules who don't play by the rules and who take who take people for a ride so yeah there are certain individuals who whose soul whose businesses um, are solely on 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 the back of funeral policy um, insurance and um, and as you quite rightly said earlier it's, it's a big business and and people make a lot of money out of that mm, okay but i guess you know if someone wants to get a a good unbiased opinion on on what they have and how much they need. I guess finding an independent um, financial planner would be a, a good idea. Absolutely, because that individual shouldn't be. Uh, generally speaking, independent financial advisors are not incentivized to sell um, products or, or services of a particular institution. Their job is to assess your financial situation, um, to identify all the potential risks in your personal finances, and then to recommend any products or services that may plug those potential issues. And then from there, um, they would then recommend a product. But again, they, they shouldn't be um, seen to be biased towards any particular institution. So yeah, you are better off chatting to somebody individual about your general finances. So not just your funeral policy, because a lot of the time, what, what we see in practice is that a client will come to us with a, a problem with X for us to solve. For example, they'll say to us, please get me a whatever a retirement annuity. And and our, our job is to demonstrate to clients that, you know, we, we, we don't sell products and we don't necessarily solve for a single need mm. or a single product. The, the right thing to do is to assess your, your finances holistically. And nine times out of 10, we find other issues that clients <laughs> don't want to talk to us about during that process. And so you're, you're actually better off um, getting a sanity check over everything versus just this one thing. Yeah. If you were speaking to someone and you came to understand that maybe you have too many policies and you should mm. cancel one or even more of them, would there be consequences to cancelling? And like, do you lose out on anything or is it just an easy process? Mm. That's actually such a great question. And that's usually the hang up for clients. Mm. Um, there's usually a, a, a perception that I'm losing out on something if, if I cancel my, my policy. So let's debunk that very quickly. Mm. Insurance is not a savings product, <laughs> right? Whether it's life cover, whether it's funeral policy, whether it's short-term credit, all of that, none of those things are, are savings products. It's, it literally is a black hole. The money that you put in there, that's it. It goes and that's that. It's it's intended to cover you in, in, in instances or situations where um, you pass away or you lose a, a, a product that you cannot afford to replace yourself, right? But you're not saving money. So whatever premiums you're putting in, they aren't going to miraculously grow and make you rich over time. It doesn't work like that. So you canceling a product that's too expensive, you're actually better off in the long run than keeping a product out of guilt because you think you're losing something out of it. It's a black hole. Insurance is a black hole and we need to treat it that way. Okay. So yes, um, in, in many instances, I mean, that's, that's part of the, the holistic financial planning process is that a lot of the time we do find that clients are overinsured, whether it's for life cover or funeral policies or whatever the case is. And it's our responsibility to point that out to clients and to show them 
you know, that there's a more effective way for you to, to, to be covered. And, and it doesn't involve, it doesn't necessarily involve uh, numerous policies and, and we should not be thinking of them as savings products. I mean, yeah, sure. Certain, um, certain policies, for example, have been um, marketed with like a cashback policy or on, on, if you don't claim, like, for example, after a year or after five years or whatever the case is. And, and consumers think that the, it's, it's a savings. Pro- I think that's where the misconception mm. comes from, that they think it's a savings. So if I haven't claimed after five years, I've got money that's due to me. It's a black hole. Okay, and you need to you need to claim when you need to claim, and don't feel guilty about it, as long as it's it's done in the right way from both sides. So as long as the product is sold properly to you, as from from the advisor side, and and as long as you you acquire the kind of product that you require that that you need um, for your particular set of circumstances. Yes. And I think those those sort of cashback options, that's a great marketing incentive to keep you. Mm. To keep you as a loyal customer because you, you don't it want to lose your money. I can tell you. <laughs> it works. Yeah. People are so hung up on those things and they don't want to cancel their products <laughs> because of those things. So they really work. They really work. <laughs> yeah. So I think, I mean, I think to anyone listening, it's really worthwhile actually chatting to an independent person who's not linked to any mm. company and just get mm. a, a good sanity check as to what you're paying for and what you're getting for that. Um. If I could circle back just to the beginning, you spoke about, um, or you mentioned there are some reasons why perhaps a funeral policy wouldn't pay out. Maybe you can just elaborate on on some of those. There's uh, there's a number of, of, of reasons. Um, one of the first ones, and I think a lot of people are not aware of this, is is there needs to be insurable interest. Um, so in other words, you can't just go around insuring just anybody. You know, you can't decide because I know you and we're quite close. Maybe we're friends or whatever the case is. I'm going to take out a funeral policy or you. Mm-hmm. Listen, this happens. Mm-hmm. I think I just want to put it out there. It, it does happen. And a lot of the time, a lot of these people do get away with it because, yeah, there are a lot of things that happen in the background. But um, generally speaking, there must be insurable interest when it comes to things like life cover and funeral policies. Because otherwise, we would literally go around insuring any Tom just anybody that that we find on the street, right? And so insurance companies work differently, but typically there's a declaration that you would that you would sign to say that you know this person is a is my mother, is my sibling, or whatever the case is, and then it's 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 up to the insurer. And in fact, the 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 advisor should also, if they know the product well, should also let you know that you know if this person is is your cousin three times removed, you know, on your stepfather's side, that you not this is not the kind of thing that you should be. <laughs> doing because ultimately you're not going to be you you shouldn't get the payout do do you know what i mean so so i think it's important for people to understand that there must be insurable interest um, when you take out a funeral policy on somebody a second thing is is what we spoke about earlier is over insurance um, as I said, sometimes insurers um, will. So the systems are supposed to speak to each other. They're supposed to, you know, if I insure a person here for a hundred thousand rands, ideally I shouldn't be able to go then insure them with the same underwriter, you know, under a different name somewhere else, because ultimately the maximum payout that there will be is is whatever it is, the hundred thousand rands. But it does happen because some um, for for whatever reason, and then at claim stage, people are, are very very disappointed. So when when you are taking our funeral policies um it's it's something for you to to bear in mind so if if for example you've got siblings or parents you, it's a conversation that you need to have with them if you're going to be taking our policies on them um in fact there is a case that was highlighted by the ombud um a couple of years ago 
where um, two siblings took out uh, policies on, on a parent. One of them did it, I think, on their work policy, and then another one did it just on their own. And at claim stage, one of those um, uh, claims was, was repudiated mm. or, or disputed, sorry. It wasn't paid out because there was, it was found, there were, the, the parent was found to be overinsured. And that, again, comes, comes back to the fact that we, we should be talking to each other if, if, you know, close family members, because those are the people that you can insure. We should be talking to each other about certain things like this to, to, to avoid instances like that so i guess the the lesson there is that even if you have the policy in place um it's not guaranteed that that you'll get the payout it depends on whether you no. you were yeah. fully yeah. transparent up front and whether yeah as you say whether other people also have policies out on the same on the same individuals so yeah definitely important then for family members to actually talk to each other and and make a, a family plan almost, kind of like a holistic exactly, plan around exactly. this. Yeah. Exactly. The one thing I forgot to mm. mention is is exclusion clauses. Um, you know, because funeral policies are, are typically not underwritten, um, the, the insurance companies have to protect themselves um, against abuse and, 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 you know, high risk. So typically they would impose a, a waiting period of, of about six, I think the maximum period waiting period for funeral policies is six months. So um, unless um, in, in the case of a natural death. So, you know, you, you need to be very careful in, in that instance because you, you'll probably find that that case that you were mentioning that you spoke about mm. earlier about the body being dumped at the insurer, they probably they probably were insured um, that the, wait, the waiting period was still in place and, and they were not aware of that. Mm. So, again, it's important to, to speak to somebody reputable who can explain all of these things to you. And secondly, for you to read the fine print. Yeah. Thank you so much, though, for your time and your expertise in this. Do you have any closing thoughts other than the two great tips you've just given me? <laughs> that was it. <laughs> um, I think it's. <laughs> I think you know. I, I feel very strongly about about these products and how they're sold and who they're sold to, and and so often it, it's such a reckless process. And um, but again, you know, just to reiterate my point earlier, the onus is ultimately on the consumer. Yes, as 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 financial advisors or as as as, as advisors, we we do need to do right by our clients but at the end of the day it's it's not it's not um and and it's not our sole responsibility um and, and consumers need to be well aware of of their rights but also of, of their responsibilities as well because just claiming ignorance is in the in these days it's it's, it's not going to be it's not sufficient because it's going to end up costing you a lot of money and a lot of trouble, mm. you know. So to avoid that, just just do what, just do your homework. I mean, you only need to do it once, you know. Just read through that document with a fine tooth comb and understand exactly what you're getting yourself into, and ask the questions that you need to ask because the person at the other end of the table, it's their responsibility to give you the answers that you need. And there's also recourse, you know, if you feel that you've been you've been um, unfairly treated by by your advisor. There's various channels that you that you can take in order to to, you know, to, to, to find yourself in a better position. But you need to know all of these things long before you engage the services of, of a professional. And I think there's also, there's not really an excuse anymore for people because there's so much available in terms of, of the internet, books, resources, mm. Twitter, you know, like there's, there's a lot of exactly. good content out there. I mean, yeah. there is obviously some stuff you need yeah. to sift through, but... If you if you want to research it and, and find out more, you really can find a lot of good info. You can. Cool. Agreed. Agreed. But thank you once again, and I really appreciate it. And, yeah, have a great weekend. 
No problem, Brenda. It was nice chatting to you. Yeah, same. So just as a reminder, this episode and in fact the whole season is sponsored by Naked. That's naked.insure and I'm going to put the link down in the description below. So please check them out. Mm-hmm.